The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. Welcome back to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. <laughs> it was just one long horn. Yeah, I, well, you looked like you were warming up to do something, so I just no. Waited. I um, I got. I got a story. Real Tell quick. us about kids. Oh man! So two days ago, driving home from work, I work in West Jordan, and I was in a pretty good mood leaving work, feeling a little goofy, and driving down, and there's a uh, the West Jordan public pool, right? Okay. And elementary schools back in session now, so there's a school right by my work, so all these kids are walking home, and outside the pool, there is. Uh, like these big brown rocks that break easily, right? Okay. And there's three kids, and they're just throwing these rocks as hard as they can at the ground and smashing them. And this idea pops in my head. I'm like, whatever. I'm in a good mood. I'm going to run with this. So it's like a little turnoff and a dead end where they're smashing, and I fucking veer in there, screech to a halt, roll my window down. I'm going to try to get the voice I did right here. It's just a spur of the moment thing. Hey, why are you kids smashing my rocks? <laughs> <laughs> and they look at me like, what is this guy talking about? And I go, I've been working 10 hours today. And the only thing I had to look forward to is driving here after work and checking on my rocks. And I get here and you kids are smashing my rocks. Why are you smashing my rocks? <laughs> And they did not even reply to me. They gave me the most bewildered look ever. And two things happened. One, I realized I'm an adult in a vehicle talking to three kids in a dead end. And I need to get out of there as quickly as possible. I was like, just kidding. Have a good day. And I drove away. And the second is I remembered when I was a kid. I would have thrown rocks at that car and ran away. You know what's great? That is a story for life for those kids. Yep. Like, it's like I wish you hadn't said just kidding when you drove off. I wish you had just drove off and they'd be like 20 years from now, like having a dinner party with their wife and friends. And they're like, oh, man, you guys, one time when I was a kid, this guy, he really loved these fucking rocks. Right. <laughs> and I'm out there smashing them like yeah. an asshole. Like, and I didn't I didn't know they were his rocks. <laughs> <laughs> they would that would have haunted them for years. Yeah, for years. Hold your ground when you're fucking. Yeah, that was kids. hilarious. Why am I so weird? I'm just disappointed <laughs> you said just kidding. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> all right, so sticking with the theme of catching up on shit that everybody else read three years ago. Well, I guess Invincible just ended this year, didn't it? Or last year? Uh, yeah, it was just barely. Just, yeah. Yeah, just barely. But it's been running for a long time. Uh, Nick, you read the whole thing. You binged it. I binged it in about a week, I think. Maybe yeah. maybe like a week and a half. Well, so what it kicked it off is they started releasing the omnibus. So there's three of them. I was like, I don't want to spend $150 to read all this. So to the internet, like you do. You spent $150. Yeah. Ordered it on Amazon. <laughs> threw it on my wish list. Because um, I had read it. I had a few trades. Like somewhere in my dad's house in a bin, there's a few trades of it. Because I was reading it. And I've like this is the most single issues I've ever had at one time. Like I never bought single issues. I always bought trades. So I went back through and started reading it, and just 
I love the fact that it's like they branch out into the uh, image universe, but ninety percent it's very contained. I mean, I would go as far as to say that image kind of became. I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Invincible became image essentially. Like that yeah. book carried image, which is interesting because it had a really rough start. That book was almost canceled. Uh, how many of you have read Invincible at all? I've read probably what would be considered through like the first or second trade. Okay, so you nope. know you read the first twenty issues, right? And you're like, what is this? Yeah. It's just like this happy-go-lucky, cheesy comic book, and then the big twist happens with Nolan. And originally, uh, Kirkman wanted to drag that out for like years before that happened. He wanted to do a really slow build to it, and it got to the point where Image is like, this book isn't selling, you have six issues left. And so he just forced that in way earlier than he wanted, (laughs) and it drew interest. And like you said, it's been running... It just ended. It was a 10-year run. It's pretty incredible. And honestly, I agree. When it says at the top, world's best superhero book, 100%. That book is incredible. It's like that. Yeah, it's a perfect superhero book. Like He's out there just trying to be a superhero, trying to do good shit, and they've got a little superhero team and just constant fucked up shit and just weirdness too. Like people getting stuck in other dimensions for... 400 years well and that's he didn't just build the superhero within the united states or on planet i mean he developed this universe essentially you know what he did with this basically equates to like when star wars came out the universe building yeah Yeah. it's pretty incredible it's huge and like just throw they, they threw in just this dinky alien dude that's just like real nice and happy and like throughout the series they build him up he becomes like the ruler of like the galactic uh like council and finds out that he like can get almost dead but as long as he doesn't 100 percent die he just comes back better and stronger and they just make him slowly bigger and like more ridiculously ripped like Holy it's God. just absurd looking and yeah, it's just like reading through it all, like it throws in little things like Savage Dragon pops in there occasionally, things like that, but it's mostly just contained. You don't worry about like it's not doing a bunch of crossovers and you're not having all these other characters pop in and out. And um, it just tells the story of like you kind of end up with two people because you end up with Eve too. Yeah. Uh, so there's Mark and Eve, so Invincible and his eventual wife and like the fucked up things that him being a superhero does to her. And just how, like, they totally ruin Earth, destroy Earth. Like, Earth gets fucked and then rebuilt and fucked and, like, making the decisions. Kind of Spider-Man-y. It kind of feels like all the best parts of superhero books. Yeah. And, I mean, Kirkman, as most of us know, with Walking Dead, even though I've long stopped reading it. Oh, my God, that series should have died. That book, you know, like, what drew me to it, I'm not a huge zombie person. Um, It was character development. And that is what he does really well. And that's Invincible shines in that department. As you said, I mean, each of those characters changes a ton throughout the series of the story, but you understand where all of them are coming from. And the changes that happen, it's not like, oh, they switched the character. It's like you understand how it led to that process. All their decisions make sense. Like the way that things happen and the story drives them. And they're like, oh, God, I have to change what I'm doing or... 
Like, I can't be, I can't make that mistake again because that just ruined things. And they did a lot of interesting stuff within the book. A lot of stuff that had never been done before. There was, uh, it's called, was it Faith, I believe, who's like supposedly the first obese female superhero. Oh. But they did this in Invincible yep. years before. Yep. They his wife, his fat. girlfriend got very heavy. Went through some stuff and just gained a ton of weight. And she was sexy, dude. She was sexy lady. <laughs> they make a f- so because I read all the trades, and so there's always like the little sketches and stuff in the back, and they make a few jokes about it. And like, she's not like I like this. Like, make her a little thicker. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> uh, he gets raped. Oh shit! Invincible, which is like <laughs> to even touch on that in comics alone. Yeah, is no shit. Pretty few and far between, and to have the reverse from your typical rape scenario is pretty crazy. But he's like a half-bred Voltramite, Kryptonian, essentially. Yeah. And a full-blooded Kryptonian female comes and needs to repopulate her species. And it carries on throughout the whole thing where, like, he's scarred from it. But he has to do what's right, which is repopulating his civilization. His wife knows about it. Eventually, they build to yeah. that. But then he's, like, hiding it from his wife. He can't have sex with his wife. She's freaking out, thinking it's her. It was heavy stuff. I mean, this book touched on a, a ton lot. of stuff. It's, Damn. They, uh, it's funny. So in the original, like some of the probably in like the first two or three trades, they do stuff that I'm reading. And I'm like, this shit would get you destroyed right now because like his friend finds out he's a superhero, and so he makes him take him flying, and he's carrying him, and his friend's like, this is so gay, <laughs> you can't pull that off anymore. And I think one of them he calls him retarded. Oh shit! And it turns out the friend that's always wanting to get flown is gay. No. They have him be gay later on and uh, in a relationship with a guy they saved. And like then it, you look back and it's like, I feel like they kind of wedged this in when it makes sense because he was very concerned about this guy when he went missing. Yeah. The funniest part is the friend's always complaining about how uncomfortable it is to be carried by your armpits. <laughs> Which, like, why? You don't need to throw that in there, but it's, it's very in the book. true. That's in, like, that's in, like, ten different issues. Yeah, totally. With different people, too. Like, flying different superheroes and stuff. They're like, this doesn't feel good. I don't like it. <laughs> and then the next panel, we'll have them carrying them, like, with their legs in one arm and yeah. their shoulders in the other Cradling arm. Cradling them. Yeah. It's just a... I don't know. I think, like, binge reading that, it's just nice. It's just, like, kind of helped with the cohesiveness of it because like you said earlier john like they missed a lot of dates for a while and... yeah i mean otley was famously behind was my understanding as it been explained to me by comic book store employees so <laughs> sorry if that's not the case but which is funny because he replaced kirkman, the first guy because he was late kirkman took a hiatus to focus on walking dead and the tv series and he became the head of image and he had a lot on his plate, so things were really stretched out. Uh, but yeah, I think those last two trades came out. I think it was one a year, which Dude, is there's a big jump. So like, just like going through them all, is. you yeah. like see the dates, and you're like, holy yeah. shit! I would probably wouldn't have stuck with it if I was reading single issues. Yeah, I never did. I always did the trade. I mean, how I got introduced, I had a buddy worked at a comics bookstore. The first. Like Ultimate Collection had just come out, which is the first three trades in a hardcover. And he was like, you should give this a try. And I read the first couple issues. I was like, I like the art. 
where's this going? This feels super cheesy. He's like, trust me, just read it. You will get there. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And sure enough, I got there and the twist happens. You know, they spend all these issues introducing their Justice League. And they are wiped out in the most <laughs> brutal way possible. Oh, yeah. It's it's good shit. Um, trying to think which way I want to go here. North. North. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, so, like, it's funny because I was thinking about that because when I originally was reading it, uh, I was like, like, Otley would throw little Utah things in there. So he's been doing it forever, but he just got his ass in trouble with Marvel. They had to um, change all the digital issues because he threw in a little ex-Mormon thing because he just stopped being Mormon and threw something in. So they just had to pull all those Spider-Mans. Which is the second time this year that's happened with Marvel. Yeah, the, in the what X-Men the one, X-Men, right? Yeah. What happened with the X-Men? It was... Uh... I can't pronounce it. So somebody was throwing some, like... Was it like... Uh... The artist... So, Formerly known as, I can't remember. It was something with the Nation of Islam. I can't yeah. remember what it was. He threw in some stuff that, like, unless you knew it, it's the same as this. Like, anybody who's not Mormon and sees the CES letter, they're not going to know what it I is. I don't even know what the CES letter is. Yeah, it's just a thing that a guy that like started researching Mormonism and was like, "Oh, all wow, like, this is all lies I've been told." And so he, like, all these problems he had with things, put it into a letter, put it on the internet. Oh. And that's what usually people stop being Mormon after they read that. So he put that in. But if you look, like, so it's um, in some other book, he put, like, a famous, like, Mormon book. Hmm. And, like, so he's always been throwing in little things. And so he just got uh, hand slapped by Marvel. And then, yeah, that other one was, like, a, like, yeah, State of Islam. Yeah, so it's uh, this artist made a bunch of references within the art uh, against Purnama, the Christian leader of a majority Muslim nation and a guy who's facing blasphemy charges. After saying politicians who reference the Quran as evidence that voters should reject Purnama were lying. And so he did a bunch of uh, Colossus is wearing a Quran passage number on his T-shirt one day. Hmm. Um which references politicians speaking out against Islam. Okay. And then there was some other reference. He did it. Damn, Marvel? Yeah. See, it's just well, it's stuff like... Get your house in order. Nobody at Marvel is going to notice that. Like, yeah. no one's going to notice this little, like, thing on Spider-Man. No one's going to notice that on Colossus' shirt. So in shirt. the weeds. It's, I mean, they're especially not going to notice uh, because these books, you know, trying to keep people interested and keep the printed versions going, they're releasing more content. It's so like X-Men was getting put out every two weeks instead of once a month. So that editorial staff is overworked to begin with. Right. You know? yeah. The artists, they're just trying to get it out with how long it takes to do a book where they're looking. Is there anything like straight up wrong no okay running yeah. through you no know? dildos okay we're yeah. good exactly <laughs> it's like i was a dildo guy the opposite he's <laughs> like yeah no no dildos push it out push um out the, the dildo <laughs> god damn it Tom. push it push it right out just get in there unplug all those holes with the dicks i'm just gonna let him keep going. get all those dicks out of the holes unplug them all take them all out in and out in and out pull out dicks <laughs> <laughs> just when you think he's out of steam yeah. so do we want to talk about the doom that came to gotham i i 
I have a thought on it. What's your thought, Tom? Why is the penguin hanging out naked with a bunch of penguins? <laughs> I feel like that's probably the most true. I feel like that's the penguin it is most penguin-ish. It was just yeah. like a really weird panel. Like, I, I did not see it coming. So I'm just like, oh, this is really... Then he's like, ah, I'm in heaven. And he's just like standing there with no shirt on with a bunch of penguins around him on an iceberg. And it's like, hmm. He is... That threw me I, off too. I mean, like, I get it. Like, he's the penguin and he loves penguins and that's where he'd want to be. It was just like, oh, yeah, that dude's just. You're like three pages into the book and you're just like, all right. And then he starts making penguin noises. I missed that. Yeah. It's in the very beginning. Yeah. It's um, like first sec- couple, first couple pages. <laughs> he even makes those noises when he's wandering away. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, oh, I, th- I thought he- he's on top of an iceberg somewhere. Yeah, there he is. Um, so, yeah, it's um, Mike Mignola, the Dune. It's basically. Batman as Hellboy. No, it's Batman. Eh. Yeah, it's kind of Batman as Hellboy, but it's more uh, the Bat World is written by H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, it's very Lovecraftian, and like, I mean, I, this has been out for a long time, right? Yeah. Like, so I, I just I saw it, it was on the new rack the other day at the store, and I'm sure it's like a reroute print, mm-hmm. and I just grabbed it. But like, I got to the part where Talia Al Ghul like does some crazy ancient ritual out of this book, which has like the tentacle on the front of it, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, hello, Lovecraft, to raise her to raise Ra's al Ghul from the dead, and well, and like. He kind of it's they kind of like nudge in all the uh, the rogues gallery like Mister um, Freeze right. is just a guy that they found in the Antarctic and he turns the boat to ice and they put him in a suit and yeah that's right and then he get they get to Gotham Harbor and then he turns the boat to ice yeah. again yeah and they've got like so Tim Drake is in it Dick Grayson's in it for a minute uh, they yeah for a minute <laughs> they throw them all in. Um, Two Face gets poisoned oh, by, a, by a poison ivy, and then he turns into half man, half giant tentacle. Okay, thing that that's the that's like the doorway thing that you were laughing about, Tyson. Mm-hmm. That kind of looks like a vagina. Yeah, Batman yeah. walking into a vagina. Yeah, it's just yeah they just nudge all these little characters in. Um, like I I so as far as I've got I like like I like the foreshadowing of a great being coming through a portal and like the professor that learns to speak to bats I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. So they've this got came to, out from 2000 to 2001. There okay. you go. They've got uh they've got Oliver Queen in there. And like the whole thing is that uh his dad and Thomas Wayne are hundreds of were hundreds of years old and they got cursed ish by some guy. And they have to pay for the sins of their father, and yeah, I don't know. It's just it was a I, I saw Mike Nolan and Batman. Yeah, it's it's a I think it's a neat take on Batman too. Like, cause I'm somebody who like I'm not the biggest Batman fan, but when it's like really dark and broody, is usually when I'm happiest about Batman. Yeah. So and he doesn't say a lot in this, and then Batman's got a gun. Yeah. Right. That's gun, always fun yeah. and weird. Yeah, that's yeah. all I got. I, I I feel like Batman's always rife for like these Elseworld mm-hmm. stories because I don't know. There's just so many where everything's kind of grounded compared yeah. to everything else. I think there's a lot of fun takes you can do with Batman. Well, so I always enjoy the Elseworld. I mean, they did that. Like in the... Gotham by Gaslight was really good. Oh, I didn't yeah. that one. Um, that's uh, is it on HBO right now or they have uh, the, they, they they have a little. Uh... Yeah, the animated feature, which yeah. is fan fucking tastic. Do um, not watch the, uh, Batman Ninja. Really? That was kind of like my next maybe to watch. Don't do it. Anytime really? he turns around to face a villain, it's like, too, too Japanese. Really? Oh. 
Oh, oh, no, oh, I, was, I was worried we were going to get into the racial oh, stuff this episode. No, it goes from like this awesome samurai thing to like Batman Voltron. It's uh, how could you not that. like that? That's dope as hell. This all sounds not, right up Tom's alley. Yeah, well, there's yeah, this yeah. like for me, sometimes like so. Like I said, all the new fifty two. Like after they switched over to the new fifty two, and I I know Batman Ninja isn't a new fifty two thing, but like once they kind of past that threshold and started making the movies like they've made some weird decisions like there's this uh if, if you watched um teen titans versus justice league yeah there's this like it's not bad but there's this bizarre fucking part in the sh- the movie like everything's fine like everything's like like it's a standard dc animated fair it's pretty good but then there's this part they're all the teen titans are at the carnival and some shit goes down so they need like and they're just in their street clothes and so starfire's like teen titans go and like they do this whole fucking like power rangers mighty morphin time thing <laughs> for all of them to change into their costumes and like it just it stops like the flow of the movie dead in its tracks because wow. it's so it does not fit in with the rest of the movie it's just this weird sequence that it's like someone probably wanted to do it since they were 13 years old. Like, what if this is how the Teen Titans transformed? And like, I just remember staring at my television screen, like what the fuck? And my brother-in-law, Nate, he's really into the DC animated movies. And I had told him I was going to watch it and that I had bought it or something. And he should watch it too. And he's like, how was it? I'm like, like, it's really good, but there's going to be a weird part at the carnival. Just ignore it and watch the rest of the movie. Like (laughs) it's, so I was gonna make Saber a, two tiger. <laughs> I was gonna make a point on the uh, the new fifty two stuff. So with Batman, they, uh, there was a Swamp Thing crossover, and I can't remember the name of it. But like basically, the the black is like out of control, right? Like the mm-hmm. the death stuff, and Batman is like a giant man bat with fangs and shit. It's pretty great. Too. I think that's the one thing I don't like when they do with Batman. There was something else I watched or read or something where he turns into an actual bat. Yeah. Like, I don't like, like, that shit's weird. Nick uh, everything bats. You should read Black Orchid, Neil Gaiman. Okay. It's very cool. It was uh, when Vertigo first started rolling. He tried to, like, tie all the titles together with the main DC universe. And so it's this woman that has abilities and they're trying to figure out who she is. And Batman's a big part of it. But he goes around and basically it's like, she visits Poison Ivy, then she visits Constantine, then she visits Swamp Thing, and just kind of goes through the whole thing. Mm. It's pretty awesome, but... I'll just scope it. Yeah. Sorry, uh, a little tangent there. No, another plug, Justice League Dark was pretty good, the movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's I haven't a watched that one yet. I haven't watched it's, I like the Constantine's They killed fantastic. it with Constantine yeah. on that. I agree. Constantine, 100%. like, probably the best, like, Version animated... Of- real life what like outside of comic books the best really? version of constantine hmm. that i think is out there right i now. mean between the show and the keanu reeves movie like when people start talking about constantine that is where i direct them mm-hmm. yeah. which is a hard sell because most of these people are not into it like we are and they're like cartoon i gotta watch a cartoon movie but it's it's, it's a rated r yeah it's rated r it's and great. Con- yeah they like they got is it zatanna's in there yeah. uh swamp thing Swamp things in it, my dude. Um, so one other thing, um, yeah, nice. I love him for some reason. He plays a big part. Yeah, I was gonna say I saw him in the end. He plays a big part in it. Um, so one thing I've seen floating around the internet that usually I just ignore shit like this. Um, but uh, 
there's someone came to the realization. I'm sure other people have in the past and it seems so obvious, but like a Batman beyond movie and bring Michael Keaton back now as old Bruce Wayne. Holy shit. That would be awesome. Do it. And I need that to yet. happen. You don't think so? Michael Keaton's not old enough. They yet. did a they did no. a side by side of of Michael Keaton and the animated. Isn't Batman in Batman Beyond like a hundred fucking no. years old? He's he's no. in his eighties yeah. for sure. Like he's got a cane, but I mean he's still super spry. And I mean yeah. you could at he's this, fucking Batman. Yeah, but I mean at this point you could which makes age no Michael he Keaton be enough. Broken, you know, like yeah. unable yeah. in a wheelchair, like arthritic. Like they did that best in a uh, Kingdom Come. Did you guys yep. ever read that? Yep. Where he's just got like the scoliosis frame yep. and everything. Yeah, he's, he's just wrecked. Yeah. But I think that would be awesome. I've been wanting that would be radish, Batman yeah. Beyond a Batman Beyond movie for a long time, and I think that would be a cool way to bring Michael well, Keaton back into you're it. You're one step closer because I think they are going to move right along to uh, removing Bruce Wayne from the cowl within the DC cinematic universe. Like the, do you think they'll get this one movie, this one standalone Batman movie done, and during that movie it'll. Yeah, I think by the time the next Justice League comes out, it will not be Batman. It'll be Dick Grayson as Batman. I'm fine with that. They call him Dick Man. Dick Man. Uh, Speaking of Batman movies, did you guys see how uh, the Joker movie went from having Alec Baldwin to not having Alec Baldwin in about 24 hours? No. Yeah. They're they're doing this new Joker. Jared Leto Joker movie. No. The Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie? The Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. So they're going to have... Alec. I'm excited for that movie. So they're going to have Alec Baldwin play Thomas Wayne mm-hmm. as a 80s Trump caricature. Yeah. Played by yeah Alec Baldwin. And then everybody on the internet's like, can we not? Can we just not with this? Yeah, we get enough of and this then, in real life. Well, and then like, that's all Baldwin's done for the past like two years yeah. is a Trump impression. And then he just was like, no, I'm not doing this movie. It just dropped immediately. I mean, good for him for reading the room. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm excited for that movie. Really? Scorsese's Why? producing and involved oh, in it. Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker is I like intriguing. Yeah. He's. My part is and it's just it's like a standalone. So it's not part of the Marvel Cinematic I know, Universe. But why? Because oh, yeah, they already have contracts no, with Jared Leto. No, I understand that, but it's just like, it just seems weird to me. Like, I don't know. I think this is why DC struggles in their the cinematic realm so much. Like, is it or is it them realizing like we're not doing great in our films, similar to the animated movies? Let's make some, you know, Earth Two, Earth Four, Earth Seven type movies. I think that don't tie in where it's just a one time thing. We can cash in. It's I think they'd be better off movie. just doing that route. A hundred percent. And not get rid of the fucking. Like trying to build towards this Avengers thing, you know? Well, they well because they've already done it. Like they let off with their Avengers thing. No, no, totally. But like, just go back to making. You know, give find a good director and a cast and let them do a trilogy. You know, of one character. Yeah. Maybe you can bring in some side characters to help build the story along. You know, but like everybody knows who they are. You they don't need their own movie. Like totally, but like. I would love that if they did, you know, let's say I'd love a green arrow. They do a green, exactly a green arrow movie. And at some point, you know, fucking Wally West shows up or uh, Barry Allen shows yeah. up. Or you could do how Jordan pops I'm going to say how Jordan, minute, you know, the green lantern, green arrow yeah. stuff, crossover stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd be down with that. 
but that's a, like it just seems like right now they're just fence sitting right like we're gonna try doing what marvel did over here but then over here we're just gonna throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and i don't know like i i, I, I mean i hope it's a good movie like because the premise sounds interesting but it just like i said it just the management of like the properties is just irritating to me i guess just i know i mean i kind of look at it like fox with x-men like they have this whole x-men series but then they throw old man logan out there which is like you don't really know where it falls it may not fall at all within things you know you're an alternate timeline like people are striving to make those connections but they don't have to exist yeah yeah you have patrick stewart so i get the want and need to do that but like it's kind of its own movie. You know yeah. I, mean? I feel like Deadpool 2 set a pretty good timeline. <laughs> when he cleans everything up. Yeah, he cleaned it all up for us. He got us. He even kills baby Hitler. Oh my God. That's not in the original. No, it's That's not. not like when that happened, I was like, oh. No, that was like the big thing that like mm-hmm. they had to cut. Well, I guess he doesn't actually even kill baby Hitler. He just talks about it to baby Hitler. Um, so one other thing I want to touch on. Uh, I saw... Uh, Batman is still super depressed about not getting married. Yeah. And there's, I don't know if it's out already, but like he's going to give up being Batman is what I'm saying. So the newest issue just came out last week. I just read it uh, last night, actually. Um, It's still the Mr. Freeze trial that came to an end. But yeah, basically that's where they leave it. Did he get cold feet before the trial? Um, you know he's talking to Alfred about going out and Alfred's just like why don't you like just give it a rest like you almost sent an innocent man to jail you had to bribe your way onto a jury to convince everyone that Batman isn't a god and makes mistakes to get this guy out of it (laughs) And now you're going back out like you're clearly in a bad headspace. <laughs> and the art did a great job when he was it was a sweet book. Like the first two is a three part series. First two were good. The third one, like really just awesome with Bruce Wayne. Like how many of you in this jury room have been saved by Batman directly or indirectly? And everyone raises their hand and he's like, do you view Batman as a god? And they're all basically like, yeah. And he just goes through it. But like, as he's describing why he's not a god, it keeps like every couple panels. There's just like a quick flash of Catwoman, you know, like <laughs> he's just heartbroken, you know, it was, it was really, it was done really well. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious. I know. I love when this stuff happens in all honesty. I love when Robins take up the mantle. Yeah. That is my all-time my my favorite run is Grant Morrison with Dick Grayson as Batman training Damian Wayne. Yep. That was my all-time favorite Batman, and yeah, I'd be excited. I could see Tim Drake stepping in this time. I think that would be cool. As they've to... been kind of building towards that within uh, Detective Comics, okay, which is like the team book. How old's Tim now? He's about to leave for college. Okay, so 18. But within Detective, it's Tim from the future comes back and he is like a murderous Batman. Like he's super resentful that Bruce talked him into taking the mantle. Because like it's his own. He's lost everything. You know, he thought he was going to have a relationship. He doesn't have it. And he just gets super jaded and is like, I might as well just take the world over and start executing people. And so Tim's like, 
knows he's going to get the mantle basically, but is super afraid of accepting it. And if they could tie that together, I'd be super into that. That'd be cool. I don't know. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you again next week. This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes.